The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Rainy Tuesday edition of the Leach Report. We're getting the remnants of the hurricane that hit Louisiana, and it's going to be that kind of day. Wildcats will be no doubt practicing indoors before uh, hopefully getting back to resuming their preparations outdoors for the opener uh, tomorrow. We'll talk Kentucky football today. Uh, Adam Luckett from KSR, uh, Larry Vaught, and Anna Tarullo from BBN Tonight. That is our lineup for this Tuesday as we roll into the Wildcat news of the day, and it is presented by Giuseppe's. Their new climate-controlled patio is looking good. Live music every evening of the week. Full wine and bourbon selections. And maybe the sea bass with lobster chili butter sauce might sound good tonight from Giuseppe's. Let's uh, start with Mark Stoops talking to the media yesterday and then the first radio show last night. Uh, Stoops still seems uh, very relaxed. Asked him about that. At the start of the radio show that Vince Marrow had said coaches who are relaxed usually are confident in their team. And uh, Stoops kind of played that off. But you can tell he feels really good about this group. Says he's eager to get things going. Uh, a couple of notes from the radio show. Uh, Brendan Bates, Stoops said uh, he thinks he's one of the best players on the team. He's not gotten probably as much buzz as he deserves because of the uh, – the the, gen, the the buzz that was generated by Isaiah Cummings' move to tight end and some things he did early and got some conversation going. And then uh, a lot of talk, obviously, about the new quarterback and Wondell Robinson, etc. And Stoops seems really, really high on uh, what Bates will do at the tight end spot. Uh, also, I asked him just for some names of guys that just really had caught his eye in, in training camp. And the one that was at the top of his list was Josh Paschal. And uh, Josh is a guy that probably didn't get – Talked about it not <laughs> enough, <laughs> enough. Excuse me. Uh, he, uh, uh, you know, Mark Juan McCall's dropped a bunch of weight, and you've got uh, you know uh, strong secondary, especially in, in the safety spot, and a lot of focus on the linebackers. And is JJ Weaver going to get back? And uh, we just uh, don't mention Josh Pascal's name probably enough. I, I think he's going to have a big, big year for Kentucky. Stoop said the vaccination rate has surpassed the. SEC uh, requested threshold of 85%. Um, at the punter position, on the first step chart, they had it listed as Wilsonberry or Colin uh, Goodfellow, but um, that was because of a back ailment for Barry. But by the time we got to the radio show last night, Stoops, uh, having seen Barry that day, said thinks he's going to be fine and should be good to go Saturday. Uh, Kentucky has a new wide receivers coach. Essentially what's happened here is uh, Scott Woodward and Javon Booknight, who had some uh, well-publicized or had a well-publicized uh, legal issue this summer, uh, they have changed roles. Um, Woodward, who has uh, worked with Liam Cohen in the past, uh, Woodward was in the role of a quality control assistant, and then uh, Booknight was the wide receivers coach, so they have flipped their roles uh, heading into the season. Stoops talked about the six players that are facing criminal charges. 
and that uh, he said he will stand by his players until he has evidence that tells him otherwise. Uh, he said he thinks there's flaws in the system, but he's trusting the, the legal system to work itself out. Um, former police officer and state rep Danny Butler uh, called into KSR yesterday, talked about that he's uh, working with the players, and um, he is a guy that uh, talked to the team uh, earlier this summer where they bring people in for a variety of issues, be it you know, how to deal with uh, legal matters or how to deal with social media, etc. They talk about a lot of topics over the summer. This was one of them. Um, so that uh, we'll just continue to follow that case. Uh, basketball making news yesterday. The non-conference schedule is out. We have dates, not times. I think the one that uh, first caught everybody's eye and that John Calipari was tweeting about yesterday, Tubby Smith and his High Point team coming into Rupp Arena on New Year's Eve. So it'll be great to see Tubby back, and Cal hinted at some special plans, and I think a lot of fans hope that includes raising a banner into the rafters of Rupp Arena for Tubby Smith for that 1998 National Championship and his run as coach of the Wildcats. The Louisville game will be Christmas week, December 22nd, on a Wednesday night at Rupp. No game on December 4th, that first Saturday in December. And Kentucky, uh, I think the expectation was going to be was going to be playing at Michigan, but uh, the game is now uh, off the schedule, and they'll work on getting it back on in future years. Um, uh, the plan, uh, according to a release from Michigan, is still for a game in London next December, and then it says they'll continue to work on the two remaining home games for each team that was a part of the original deal. All gets started on October 29th with an exhibition against Kentucky Wesleyan for Kentucky basketball. One other basketball note, Shaden Sharp, ranked by some already as the top player in the next recruiting class, on a visit to UK right now. Uh, volleyball, Zondi Teeler named SEC Defensive Player of the Week. Men's soccer, number 14th ranked Kentucky over Wright State 3-0 yesterday. Links to the stories that we talk about, you can find those on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Our show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington with an award-winning breakfast, brunch, and lunch. Homemade cinnamon rolls. Extra hungry, try the mad platter. Three eggs, bacon, and sausage. Home fries, grits, your choice of bread, all at Wild Eggs of Lexington. We'll be right back on the Leach Report Radio Network. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. Coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio here in Lexington. It's the Leach Report for Tuesday, 16 past the top of the hours. We welcome in Adam Luckett from KentuckySportsRadio.com on the DrinkSword.com hotline. Adam, what was your take on what you heard from Mark Stoops yesterday? Hey Tom, it's, I mean, it sounds like kind of just what we've heard all off season and into camp. There's just a lot of positivity about this season. I think they're really excited about the offense and on defense. I think Stoops feels very comfortable. You look at all those seniors they have; they have experience at every level. And getting back into the normal schedule, I think, has him even more excited. And I just think they they think they have a chance to have a special season. The if you look around the league, there's not a lot of uh, returnees at the QB position. So that is an opportunity for a team like Kentucky if 
Will Levis, uh, you know, is as is as good as everybody hopes he he would be. If they hit on a quarterback, as I've said before, that's where you could have a special season. Yeah, you just look specifically at the schedule last year. They played three really top ten offenses. When you look at Florida, what they were doing with Kyle Trask, and Mac Jones in Alabama, Matt Corral in Ole Miss. Um, one of those teams, two of those teams, are off the schedule. But that just that schedule in general was just kind of ridiculous for take what they had to deal with. They won't have to deal with that as much this year. And then on the other side of the ball, um, there's just some things I think with Will Levis that get you excited. Um, some of the arm talent, how he can push the ball down the field vertically. I think that they, that's just something they haven't had a lot of confidence in from that position um, in recent seasons, and I think they do this season. And just the freshness of this new scheme, I think, um, gives them reasons for optimism. And if you can hit on that, like you said, um, because everybody's kind of resetting this year at quarterback, there could be an avenue to gobble up some wins there in the league because of that. Understandably, a lot of conversation about the quarterback spot. But what other position or individual at a position – hasn't been talked about enough heading into the season? Yeah, that's a good question. Chris Rodriguez is kind of, uh, yesterday it kind of seemed like people forgot about him a little bit, but I think everybody knows who he is. To me, um, everybody's talking about Jordan, or excuse me, J.J. Weaver a lot, but he's still coming back from a major knee injury. Um, So Jordan Wright, as a redshirt senior, is kind of a guy that they're going to need to have a really big season. He's shown in spurts, and he has some big-time playmaking ability. He's gotten sacks, tackles for loss, interceptions, forced fumbles, fumble recoveries for touchdowns. He's scored a pair of defensive touchdowns. He's going to be a guy that they need to consistently make plays for the defense from that jack linebacker position, whether it's being disruptive against the run or getting pass rush consistently off that edge. Um, he's a guy that they, that they know they have to have a big season from, and I think he's kind of – a big key to that defense. If they can get him to consistently be disruptive, it's going to be a big game changer for them. You know, I've always said when guys are coming off serious uh, injuries, it's usually a you know two years down the road mm-hmm. before you really see them back at their best. Uh, so that's why I think it could be a big year for Josh Pascal, for Devontae Robinson, just two examples, and why right. – I, I'm not going to expect a lot from J.J. Weaver. If uh, anything they get, it should be looked at as a bonus, I think. Yeah, the fact that they're going to sound like having him game one, I think, is a huge win. Um, yes. Expectations, I believe, should be tempered. Um, but I think you bring up a great point with Devontae Robinson. Um, he played all every game last year, pretty much, but he wasn't himself. Um, now it's sounding like he's back to his normal self, and now... This season, we're going to see more of the real Devontae Robinson. I think that that could be something that happens for J.J. Weaver. Maybe he doesn't look himself all season, and then next year he's ready to kind of burst onto the scene. But Robinson's another one, I think, um, that the defense really needs to play well this year. They're playing him at that kind of that hybrid Sam nickel position. They're going to ask a lot of him this year. He's going to play a lot of snaps, it's sounding like, out of necessity. Um, they really need him in, in a super senior season to really be good. Yeah, he's he's kind of he's you know north of two hundred pounds. He's a guy that uh, is almost mm-hmm. uh, a hybrid linebacker safety, right? Right, and that's what you're kind of seeing in football. Um, to defend against a lot of these spreads, the offenses teams are using that Sam position. Um, what used to be called tweeners, Tom. Now there now there's there's 
better roles for these guys now because of all you have to do um, in the spray game and both passing. And it, there's value you can have for them as blitzers and all that type of stuff. And I think Devontae Robinson, I think the staff believes he's got enough. He's got enough um, strength to hold up in there against the run. And then he's got the athleticism to do a lot of different things in space with pass coverage or even coming on blitzes or that or that type. And I think um, that's going to be a big role for the defense in He's he's the guy there um, with some with Fido Tisnell and Joe Williams not being available at the moment. Um, he's, he's really the only guy to play that position, so he's very very important, I think, to the defense to begin this season. I think we all are looking for Kentucky's passing yards per game to go up a, a good bit. What are other areas of improvement that you think are likely for the team this season? I think the pass rush. Um, they were, I believe, 113th nationally in sack rate last year, 13th in the SEC. I would assume that's going to get better. Uh, it can't get much worse than 113. Um, I think that's a big question of the defense. If they can get that pass rush fixed, I think they're going to be in pretty good shape. Um, and, and another thing, like they forced a lot, a lot of turnovers, specifically interceptions last year. I think it's going to be hard um, to keep that up. Um, so if they're not forcing enough tur- as in, as many turnovers, are they getting key stops and key? situation so for me that's going to be something to watch out for is if the turnover margin is not as good as it was last year are they able to get stops in other ways who's the player that uh, we'll be talking a lot more about uh after a few games than we are now i look at brendan bates uh, stoops talked glowingly about him on your on the show with you last night he did 12 personnel with two, two tight end sets is going to be a big thing for this offense. Um, we've talked a lot about Isaiah Cummings, but he's playing a brand new position. I have a feeling that they're going to be bringing him along slowly. But it's sounding like Bates is a guy that they really like, both as a blocker and a pass catcher. I think he's going to play a lot, and he kind of has that look of kind of an NFL tight end. You're talking about a guy who's 6'4", 250 can really block, but he can also run and he can catch. I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of has a, a blow-up season and you look up and you're like, oh, wow, this guy's a legit NFL prospect there tight end. It is, uh, it's a time when it's just such a great anticipation, but in terms of fans that you hear from, what's the uh, what do you think the expectation is uh, for uh, the minimum f- to place to set the bar for satisfaction for Kentucky fans? Yeah, I think when you look at the schedule overall, um, they get to eight and four in an undefeated non-conference fight. I think people are going to be pretty happy. I think mainly they just want to see the offense just have some semblance of a passing game. I think if that if you accomplish that, I think people are going to be pretty happy. Um, the schedule's tough. Uh, you've got the Florida, the LSU at home back to back, and then going to Georgia on the road is a pretty tough little slight there. And then the SEC in general, I think people might be sleeping on, like, it's tough. There's probably a loss on the schedule you're not thinking of. But I think you get to 8-4, and four, that's a really good season for Kentucky, and then you're playing for nine wins. So I think if you, you get there and show pretty much proof of concept on offense that this new scheme is working, I think that's kind of the expectation for the fan base this season. On Twitter, it's at Adam Luckett, KSR, and uh, KentuckySportsRadio.com on the web, and the 11 Personnel Podcast, right? Yes, sir, that's correct. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Adam.
Adam Lockett joining us on the DrinkSword.com hotline here on the Leach Report. Larry Vaught's next up on this Tuesday. Find out more about the voice of the cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. We bring in Larry Vaught on the DrinkSword.com hotline from Vaught'sViews.com and YourSportsEdge.com. Larry, in 97, uh, when Hal Mummy arrived somewhere early on, uh, Kentucky threw a, uh, a long, long pass. It was incomplete, but there was a cheer in the uh, in the crowd. I don't know if they'll cheer an incompletion, uh, but the first uh, completion on about a 50-yard post pattern, it's going to be quite a strong reaction, isn't it? Uh, it sure is, and if uh, if, Mark, if Mark Stoops let Liam Cohen call that play to open the game, I think a lot of people at Kroger Field are really going to be happy. Have uh, Wandale Robinson sailing down the middle of the field? Uh, have, have him sailing anywhere. I mean, I think would just <laughs> be something. I, I know that's probably not in Mark's uh, DNA there, but m- m- maybe I'll loosen up and let him try that. Yeah, well, maybe so. he seems loose, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Exceptionally loose going into the first game, I think, and all. So that kind of tells you he really likes his team and thinks he's got something special, and I kind of tend to agree with him. Uh, we'll get back more into Kentucky here in a minute, but uh, with uh, the short time we have before the bottom of the hour break, I saw you were tweeting about a possible big high school game that uh, might get rearranged for Friday night over your way. Oh, yeah, the Bull County-Danville game has been uh, – canceled because of COVID in the Danville football program, and that led to Lincoln County having to cancel its game with Pulaski County because it played Danville on Saturday night, so now Boyle County and Pulaski County both need a game, and I'd say there's much better than a 50-50 change sometime later today. We may find out that game's going to happen Friday night. That would be a a big one. Uh, Pulaski was involved in a real uh, shootout last weekend uh, up at Lexington Catholic. We are halfway home. Larry Vaught with us. Coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's Pump and Shops across Kentucky, including the new one in downtown Lexington. More with Larry Vaught. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. Second half of our Tuesday show, Larry Vaught joining us from vaughtsviews.com and yoursportsedge.com. Uh, basketball schedule unveiled yesterday, and uh, the uh, the high point was high point with Tubby Smith coming back to Rupp, I think. Absolutely. It's, uh, I think, way overdue to have that. I hope that certainly would mean that maybe Tubby's jersey would go up in the rafters that day. It would seem like the perfect opportunity while he's still coaching and you're bringing him back already New Year's Eve. What a perfect opportunity that would be. And I'm hoping myself to get a chance to talk to Tubby this week a little bit about returning to Rupp. But I can't imagine a better preseason non-conference matchup to have than to bring Tubby Smith back. Absolutely correct. Uh, I think that will be a major hit with uh, the Kentucky fans. Uh, back to Kentucky football. Who is a guy or who are guys that you think we'll be talking more about next week uh, than we are now? Huh. That's a really good question, Tom, because there's been so much talk about this Kentucky football team for a while now. I don't know if there really will be anybody that just jumps out and, and stuns you unless it would be a 
to me, maybe it would be a, a, a young receiver mm-hmm. that we haven't just had a chance to see play. And, and it may just be Will Levis. We may be talking about him even more than we are now because we'll actually have had a chance to see him play. And if he's as good as the coaches think he is, we may be talking a lot more about him next week than even what we have. So if, if I had to bet, I'd probably, I might bet on Will Levis. That big arm is going to create some some plays that uh, just get people excited. Whether it's a you know a long pass or you know a, a difficult pass where he has to show off that arm strength to complete it. Uh, the 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 main thing on the other end of that spectrum is not throwing it to the other team too often. Yeah, that's that's a big deal right there, and I think that'll be a key for this team this whole season how they handle the turnovers. And if they don't turn the ball over much, which has been the strength of Mark Stoops' team, so they've been really good, then they've got a chance to be very, very good. And, of course, on the other side of that is Brad White. So like every time you, I've heard him talk and been around him, he's emphasized that he wants more turnovers from his players. And Yusuf Corker has talked about that that's a big goal of his. That's how you go from good to great as an individual player. You create more turnovers and are part of that. So... It may be even more important that the defense is able to get more turnovers. And if that's the case, that'll even offset a few if the offense does have them. But I would like to see the defense get in there and get some sacks, put pressure on that quarter, quarterback because I think if they do, they've got some guys back in that secondary that are going to get some picks. Yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting to see, oh, not just in this uh, first game because they're, they're – should have ULM out man, but you get into week two against Missouri and um, you know what can they they do? Can they make a significant uh, step up in that area in terms of just being disruptive? Um, you know, they had some um, had a high interception total last season, uh, boosted by the the six in in one game that they got. So it was a a little a bit inflated that way. I think you know if they can get the the push up front. Then that's where maybe you know that's a little bit just more consistently spread instead of having you know one or two big games. I think they had ten picks in two weeks, where it's a little more spaced out. Uh, you know, one or two a week. Yeah, the the, the total looked good when you get six of them one week. It kind of uh, skewers that a little bit to where you're not exactly <laughs> as productive game by game as what you would like. I, mean, I know that's what the coach coaching staff are like. I mean, they're not going to turn down a game where you can have six interceptions. They'll be fine with that, but they would like to see, I think, that one or two turnovers every game to where you're giving yourself a chance to win all those games, and especially against some of those, what we kind of consider teams that are going to be difficult for Kentucky to beat or maybe the key games of the season. That's when you really need to be able to get some turnovers this year, and if they can, that would really, really help the chances, especially that one three-game stretch is going to be really tough. It's an early start Saturday. Um, it's uh, a team that doesn't, you know, stir the juices of fans too much. That uh, didn't win a game last season, but it's been so long since you've had anything close to a normal football experience as a Kentucky football fan. So, what do you think the environment's going to be like? I think it's going to be pretty good, Tom. I'll, I'll be surprised if it if it's not. I mean, as you said, it's uh, it's an early start, but I think people are going to be excited. I think. Just to play anybody is going to be something people are going to want to see, and I think uh, I think people are going to be excited. I think it's going to be a really good atmosphere, M- much better than what the normal atmosphere for a noon opener against this type of opponent would be. Do you think they show a, a lot uh, of the new offense to give Missouri a lot to think about, or do they play it close to the vest? 
Well, knowing Mark as we do, I think playing, excuse me, playing close to the vest is the safer bet. But I just have a feeling that he's going to let Liam have a chance to show off some things this offense. I think you should. I mean, I think you need to go on out there and let your guys execute play and show what they can do and just give Missouri more to worry about and let them see what you can do instead of guessing what you can do. I think the Kentucky offense would like to put up at so impressive numbers. And I hope he turns them loose and lets them do that. It's uh, getting this week is a, a big roster cutdown week in the NFL. So a lot of uh, folks that uh, are hoping to land jobs are going to be uh, very anxious. A.J. Rose has had a really strong preseason with the Vikings. They He's at a position where they have some depth, but uh, he's a guy that uh, I really hope uh, makes it because he certainly – you know, done everything that he needed to do to give himself a shot. Yeah, he had a 100-yard game in the first game, and the last game he scored two touchdowns against the Chiefs. So he, he's done everything. We talked about this some Sunday morning and hadn't really thought about it, but the one thing Anthony White said that, he, that he's done, that even if it doesn't work out with the Vikings just because of their depth, he's put some really good film out there for other teams to see and be able to use. So Anthony seemed to feel like that even if he gets cut by the Vikings, He's going to get picked up by somebody because when you do what he did in the preseason, that there's going to be some team in the league that's going to say, hey, we can use that guy in our running back room. And I hope he's, I hope he's right because I thought AJ might have a chance to go and find a way to stick with the team, maybe down the road or something. But I never dreamed he would be quite as impressive as what he's been in the preseason. But man, he's just ran with freedom and, and just accelerated through holes and it's been hard to tackle. He's really, really been good in those games. Yeah, I think he would have been a really good fit in uh, what Coach Cohen is going to run offensively, but that uh, incredibly deep running back room, too. So looks like A.J. made the right call. Yeah, it, it, it sure did. So I think you just wish him the best. And he's been – he was always a terrific teammate when he was at Kentucky and, and did whatever was asked of him. And now I'm just hoping he gets that opportunity in the NFL. And, I, I, again, if he – he doesn't catch on with the Vikings. There's nothing more he could have done. I mean, I don't know how he could have had a better preseason than he's had. So I'm hoping, and I guess we'll find out sometime before, what, 3 o'clock today? I think exactly so. Whether he's going to stick with the with the Vikings or whether he'll be on their practice squad or whether he'll be cut and be looking for a team. But I'm sure hoping his name's going to land somewhere today. Heard anything about uh, Drake Jackson or Austin McGinnis, two guys that uh, got cut in recent weeks? I have not, and it's still kind of puzzling to, to, to me on on that. And uh, I, I mean, I'm still kind of lost on why Max Duffy couldn't stick in the league. I mean, it sure seems to me like he's a guy that he could found the spot. But yeah, no. I, I will, in fairness to Austin and Max, they both always talked while they were at UK about how hard it is to get in the league. When I think a lot of us just assumed that they would be, and obviously they knew a lot about what they were talking about. So. Uh, it, it just still kind of mind-boggling to me, and I thought for sure Drake would find a spot that he he would land, but uh, it, it doesn't look real great for him right now either, which, again, has been a big surprise to me. They are so, it seems, uh, I mean, I'm not in that world day in and day out, but it seems like they're just in the NFL, so uh, wedded to you know, uh, numbers that if you don't, you know, if you're not a, you know, a Josh Allen, you know, Landon Young certainly fits the mold. You know, guys that, you know, have the, the body type and the dimensions and this, 
beat or whatever, if you don't fit into the the um, the makeup of what a typical guy for a position uh, is what they want, it seems you know it it may take a while. No, you may not ever happen, but it sometimes takes a while. But I just think you know I continue to think this about McGinnis because he's so reliable and Drake is so uh, doing so much. Whether it's just football IQ and uh, work ethic and etc. That they're that you hope there's a place for them. Yeah, because they they certainly check every box mm, except yeah. for uh, the, the typical size or the or the look test. I mean, with Austin, I keep telling me that he doesn't put his kickoffs deep enough, but when he puts every field goal through the upright, that seems to me like that all accounts for something that you can let your punter or somebody kick off. I don't, I just don't understand it. And Drake, they say what his arms are two inches short or, or whatever, and again. When you still make the plays, I mean, it never seemed to bother him too much in SEC. It sure did. Larry Vaught, thank you much. See you Saturday. All right, Tom. Okay. 16 away from the top of the hour, it is the Leach Report Radio Network. And Larry Vaught joining us on the DrinkSort.com hotline. See where they've just partnered with Scott County and with Great Crossing, uh, also over in uh, Scott County, uh, for their shield and uh, performance drinks. So you can find out more about their products at DrinkSort.com. Com. It's a Kentucky-based company, too. We'll be right back with Anna Terullo from BBN Tonight. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Back to the drinksort.com hotline. We bring on Anna Terullo. You see her with Keith Farmer each evening on the BBN Tonight Show here in Lexington on LEX 18. I think they also are on in uh, Pikeville now on the weeknight show. And, Anna, you guys have done a lot of uh, fun interviews leading up to the start of this season. Uh, who are the, the guys that uh, have uh, been the, the ones you've most enjoyed interviewing or their personalities? Oh, my gosh. Bully McCall. Easy answer. He is hysterical. He's always got a funny joke to tell. I mean, if you're a nickname guy, if you got a nickname like Bully, you're bound to be a good interview. you got a little personality. But everyone's been really good. I think he's kind of been the favorite even since I first arrived in, like, March. I think we interviewed him back then, too. And he was, oh, my gosh. He talks about his dog. He talks about dance competitions from, like, seventh grade. So he's always got a funny story, a funny tale to spin. He has been the guy on in the two scrimmages I got a chance to see who was easily the most vocal player on the sidelines. So he seems to really be embracing the leadership role, too. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's a common theme we found with so many people on this team over the summer. I think Will Levis, what's going to be great about him is he understands leadership from almost like a coach's perspective, you know, he was talking the other day about how everybody needs to be led differently, you know, and how coaches need to approach how to coach uh, kids differently, whether they respond to praise or criticism. I think Will Levis understands that. And then talking to Josh Pascal, DeAndre Square, all of these guys over the summer, um, that's been the main thing. They they respond right away. Just how are you preparing for the senior uh, for your senior season, or how um, you know what do you bring to the to the table this year and they're all leadership leading the younger guys doing what i can off the field to help other people um be their best when we're ready to play 
last night on the radio show, I asked Coach Stoops a question just about how relaxed he seemingly is leading into a first game. Coaches uh, aren't always like that. And uh, do you get that same sense from players you've talked to? thousand percent, but not as much as Coach Stoops. This is a new Coach Stoops we're seeing. Even in that radio show last night, I know a couple of our BB and Tonight people, we went to go watch. He was laid back in that chair. He was laughing. He's telling jokes now and then. I think, and I think you mentioned it last night, Tom, was that, you know, when coaches are this relaxed before the season, it usually means they have a pretty good team. And I think that would definitely be the case. I think um, the Liam edition, I think he's excited. I think he loves his hire, and I think he's ready to get rolling. I think it says a lot about um, how secure he is and what he's built here that he made that particular decision because it wasn't the the safest choice um you know you might have gone for a, a guy who was a coordinator at some other college program some other power five program for this hire and he talked to you know a lot of guys but he went with a, a little bit of a a bolder choice in going to the nfl and finding a, a young guy who uh, could be a rising star yeah, and I think Joe Brady at LSU, and when they had Joe Burrow there, I feel like they were the ones who kind of paved that path for him to maybe even get the inspiration to do that. And that's one of the questions I wanted to ask Stoops this offseason. I haven't been able to yet. Was how you know what went into making that choice? Was that a hard decision to go kind of off the beaten half, beaten path, and to let you know Eddie Grand go? You're you've been good friends with him. You know him well, and to make the jump and do that uh, and just jump in there brand new um but i think he's really happy with his decision but it it couldn't have been an easy one you know and i know he talked to a lot of guys but there's something exciting about liam cohen i think he's a brilliant football football mind and i think he's got a lot of energy he connects with the young guys i think he's the full package and he'll do really well uh, eddie grand did uh, some some very good work here and Mm -hmm. but that in when you go two, three years or whatever where you're, you're not uh, making a big mark in a particular area. In this case, it was the passing game. It, I think, probably starts to – you get a hard hole to dig out of in, in recruiting. Well, you know, that uh, they're not – you know, you don't want to go there if you're a receiver or a quarterback. And so uh, it, sometimes you make a change just to uh, – you have to make a change to create different perceptions. Yeah, and to freshen things up, and I think this is already evident with Will Levis at quarterback. I mean, Terry Wilson was great. You know, he accomplished things in this program that hadn't been accomplished for decades. But I think there's a swag with Will Levis. There's a confidence there that we haven't seen in a long while. And I think the team is responding to it. And I think that's uh, thanks to the changes brought in by just a whole new offensive philosophy. Who's... uh player or players that you're most uh, interested to see in action in this first game besides Levis oh my, oh my god Wondell Robinson I'm telling you he's the talk of the town all summer we were talking to guys you know after spring camp and fall camp you know who's been the most electric guy and everyone is like Wondell Robinson he has made unbelievable plays and the team is so excited about him they almost like snickered to themselves they have a smile on their face when they talk about Wondell and what he can do. So if he's impressed him that much in practice every day and scrimmages, oh, I can't imagine him finally back at home in front of friends and family uh, in, at Kroger Field, what he's going to be able to do. Anything uh, extra special dialed up for BBN tonight this week? 
Oh, man. Well, the most special thing is that we're doing a live VBN game day. Uh, so that'll be Saturday before the game. We're going to be all over. There's about three or four reporters. Keith will be there. We're going to be with Christy Thomas. So we'll be all over hanging out, talking to people, joining some tailgates, and oh, good. bringing you the latest game prep. Yeah, it'll be so fun. I'm so excited. So that's 9 Eastern this Saturday, right? Yep, that's exactly right. Thanks, Hannah. Thank you, Tom. It's the BBN Game Day Show every Saturday at 9 Eastern, and it is on all around the state of Kentucky. And uh, BBN Tonight is 7.30 each weeknight here in the Lexington market. I think uh, also on in Pikeville now, too, so they'll be picking up uh, more affiliates as they go along. And we're going to get to a quick break, come back and close out this edition of the Leach Report. This day in Wildcat history, 2008, Kentucky opened the season with a 27-2 route of Louisville on the Cards' home turf. The highlight, Myron Pryor scooping up a fumble and off to the races just down the street from Churchill Downs. He opened up on the field and took it back for a touchdown. Happy birthday to Wu Kashorbzut. Saw Wu at uh, the KSR party on Friday night. Uh, always good to see Wu and Luceropolis also born on this day. Uh, from the Wildcat basketball family. Uh, we send out good wishes to Rich Brooks and his wife Karen. Uh, Rich tweeting that uh, they both tested positive for the coronavirus, but he says both are vaccinated, and it's just been mild symptoms for each of them so far. So that is good to hear. The uh, Jags say that Josh Allen has been removed from the COVID list, so he should be good to go to return to action for the NFL opener next week. And ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reporting that Rashawn Rondo is expected to sign a one-year deal with the Lakers. We'll see you tomorrow on The Leach Report. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com.